you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order. And as you all know by now, Missouri hangs on 17-10 victors over the South Carolina Gamecocks. And you know what? In my haste trying to get out a episode late on Friday evening, I forgot to do Project Run Play. So you know what? We're definitely going to talk about the uniforms. Also, I have some... Some criticisms for Connor Basilak and also some praise for him as well. Also, we got to talk about Nick Bolton, who was absolutely incredible yesterday. But you know what? I think we should probably start with, with what it seems like everybody online and the people who I talk to or Mizzou fans are talking about. Did Missouri get too conservative in the second half yesterday? And did that decision-making lead to the game being closer than it had to be? Now, on one hand, considering the amount of times that Missouri ran the football in this game, Larry Roundtree with 21 carries, but only for 58 yards, I just would have liked to maybe see some more play-action shots mixed in the second half. But frankly, Missouri up 17 to nothing at halftime. You can't understand why this team against South Carolina, a team that had really shown no signs of life in that first half offensively, especially after Shy Smith went out. That kid is a really good player, and he was going to be a problem for us all game. But unfortunately, after his only catch for a nine-yard gain, he got sandwiched by a couple Missouri defenders. And just based on what interim coach Mike Bobo said after the game, sounded like it was concussion-related and certainly – Certainly looked like it on the broadcast as well. But given those circumstances and given Missouri's own huge depth concerns, especially on the offensive line, but up and down the roster, quite honestly. You know, the the usual backup quarterback, Sean Robinson, for instance, was unavailable. Now, obviously, you saw LSU, Ole Miss move at will against this South Carolina defense, and Missouri couldn't do that. They weren't great at establishing the run yesterday. Frankly, Basilak looked a little bit shaky at times, I thought. So, yeah, it's a disappointing performance offensively, especially when you consider all the opt-outs that South Carolina had on that side of the ball. You know, I think we saw it, honestly, in the previous game against Florida. This offensive line just injury-wise, has is, is kind of hit the breaking point now where they are just they can't be considered a plus anymore, and you have to game plan your offense accordingly. So maybe that is a, a big part of why there wasn't maybe as many deep shots, as many times where Connor Basilak dropped back to pass because, you know, quite honestly, he did have an ACL injury about a year ago. People keep, you know, kind of just, they don't forget, but they're sort of brushing it off as if it's in the distant past and has no effect on him anymore. But I'm here to tell you, I think that knee still does affect him a little bit because at times yesterday, and and not just yesterday, I, I pointed it out 
when I did my Florida deep dive last week that on, on some crucial plays when occasionally Connor gets pressure in his face and even just perceived pressure into his face, he has a tendency to not drive forward off his back foot and really trust himself and get as much mustard as he needs to get on that football. Now, we saw it most obviously when in second half, Basilak attempted another ball to Toski Dove, but pressure kind of got in his face a little bit. He sort of turns away from it and just doesn't get enough on the football. And then later, has the ball in the red zone, makes a bad decision, quite honestly, but again, just not enough on the ball. It it's hangs in the air forever, gives his, the safety a chance to go over the top and get it. But frankly, in, in the situation that Missouri was in, if you are going to try to play conservatively, if you are just going to try to sit on the lead, that's a pass that Connor can't make. Now, on the positive side for Connor, that touchdown pass to Toski Dove first quarter, that was a beautiful ball, absolutely perfect ball placement and of course a nice catch by Dove too who just continues to make really nice plays. I think bottom line for Connor like a lot of young quarterbacks I think he's at the point in his development where when the ball comes out quickly when he's able to see it and it's his first read is there and he's able to make a quick decision the ball comes out of his hand quickly it all looks great and it looks easy for him. It really does. And it seems like he's especially comfortable when you spread the the offense out. But when he has to come off the first guy to the second guy, and especially when the second guy isn't open, that's when he can get a little bit shaky. And even if he perceives some pressure up in his face that's actually picked up by his running back or something, even then it seems like he's a little bit afraid to still step in. I think that could be maybe the ACL injury still in the back of his head. And if that's the case, that's totally understandable. I mean, frankly, it's hard enough to trust your legs stepping up into the pocket when there's a bunch of 300-pound men potentially falling into them, much less when you've already had an ACL tear. So I hope that didn't sound too critical of Connor because I'm still definitely a fan, but you know what? I have to be honest and call him like I see him. And hey, all of you betters and prognosticators out there, you surely noticed that Missouri covered by one half of a point yesterday. Well, as the old cliche goes, a win's a win, and you know that I celebrated that win with the mountain cold refreshment that's made to chill, and that's Coors Light. Now, whether you're a Missouri fan and you've still got four games left in this SEC schedule, or maybe you're, for example, a Utah Utes fan and you've only had one game so far this season, well, regardless, Coors Light is the official beer of watching college football, frankly, for the excuse just to drink beer. That's what we like to do at Coors Light, is just to relax and get a little therapy with some uninterrupted me time. So just know that Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Again, that's get.coorslight.com. 
Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Now, of course, you're getting my rapid reactions to the game here as I record early on Sunday morning. But coming up Tuesday, check out Locked on Mizzou, where I go deep into the film and give you my incredibly, frankly, overly detailed notes. But I I condense them down for you. And, of course, my brilliant broadcasting segments. But you know what I personally didn't find brilliant? My God, that rooster call, or or just the cock call. Let's just call it the cock call. That's what it is, right? The constant, that was a horrible impression. But frankly, whatever I just did was much less annoying than whatever they are just constantly pushing through the PA system over there in Columbia, South Carolina. Now, I had definitely noticed this thing before, but it seemed like when there was 75,000-some-odd people over there, the crowd actually drowned out the cock call for the most part. But yesterday, man, that thing was prominent and relentless. Just incredible. Please, just can we knock it down a notch, Columbia, South Carolina? I realize that probably the fact that I'm saying that I'm annoyed with it is going to cause that um to ratchet it up even further. But by the way, while we're on the topic of drowning out sound with the crowd, how was it that when that on that one play when the, the play was clearly blown dead, Missouri has the football, and yet the South Carolina defender ends up blasting Connor Bazelak and knocking him down anyway. I'm sorry, I don't think you can use the I can't hear the whistle excuse when there are, I don't know, 15, 20,000 people in the stands. Like, I'm sorry, that's a spring game. You can definitely hear the whistle, pal. But anyway, that just that bothered me a little bit. So that's enough with my pet peeves from the game. How about some things that I really enjoyed? And obviously, Nick Bolton, we all know how good he is, right? But last night, mwah, man, he was even particularly spicy last night, and I loved absolutely every second of it. I don't know, maybe my favorite play of the entire game actually involved him and, and Devin Nicholson. But He had the game-winning interception, right? I, I have that right. But anyway, I, I actually liked a play that he made even better. At one point, Nicholson just very casually, in my opinion, takes on a lead blocker and just sort of sets the edge just very casually like, hey, I'm just going to hang out here on the outside and just just knows that he can force him inside to the man, Nick Bolton, who just cleans up the play as only he can. I mean, Bolton was just absolutely all over the field, and it certainly seems a lot of Missouri's run defenses revolves around, hey, everybody just get in your gaps and let Nick do the work, and you can certainly see why that's effective. Also, just in general, clearly a great job by the Missouri defense yesterday. A really unmanned group, especially on the defensive line. And you know what? Speaking of Bolton, at one point, he made a big play on the quarterback. And really, it was Darius Robinson who made the play. He's an interior lineman, number six. We've heard about him a good bit. Big guy. Actually, I think he was the guy in the gray sweatshirt who sort of fell down in the famous... uh, Kentucky viral video where everybody was kind of getting in the face of the Kentucky fender defender that Larry Roundtree had just trucked 
on the Missouri sideline. So that's that's who Darius Robinson is. But he shows uh, he showed some ability yesterday, and I'm excited to see more of him going forward. Now that it seems like he's fully healthy, we also saw true freshman. Eli Young and Jeremy Macklin, or I'm sorry, Jay Macklin for the first time. Boy, that's going to be a tough habit to break this first year or two, I'm guessing. But yeah, Jay caught one ball for five yards, and Eli Young had a nice little end-around jet sweep kind of play inside the red zone that gained six yards, nearly got to the nearly got to the stick. So that was a nice call, and a, good to see Eli getting involved in the offense in, a, in an important time in the game. And obviously on the defensive side of the ball, Rockbridge High School, their own Martez Manuel, he had a huge game as well at his strong safety spot. Obviously got home on a couple sacks on blitzes, which is great. Honestly, I think his best play of the game was actually a key pass breakup in coverage on a crucial third and five late there in the second half. So excellent job by Manuel, and quite honestly, when they reviewed his targeting play that was ultimately overturned, they upheld the the late hit. I don't, I don't even know if that's a reviewable thing there, but his late hit? I mean, it was a late attempt at a hit, maybe. I'm not even sure he touched Luke Dottie there, who who took over in the second half at quarterback. But yeah, that was, that was an iffy one, didn't you think? But anyway, more Mizzou notes. On the other side of this break, including some praise for our interim defensive coordinator for one week, David Gibbs, and also some critiques of the one-yard rule. But first, I got to hit our title sponsor, Built Bar, which is even more delicious than ever before, with 18 amazing flavors and six new ones included in that 18. Caramel, brownie, cookies and cream, Lemon Almond Cheesecake? Oh yes, you can find out all of this and more at BuiltBar.com. If I were you, just get a variety pack. Figure out what truly floats your boat. Something will make you happy because these bars are great for the health-conscious guy. They're low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. But you know what? They taste great. That's that's the real ticket to, to me. So if I were you, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON, which is one word, LOCKEDON, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. So overall, with David Gibbs behind the defensive coordinator's headset for this week and instead of Ryan Walters, I thought overall a very similar look, a lot of aggressive Man-to-man defense, a lot of single high safety, and a lot of blitzing, too. Frankly, maybe more blitzing than than even normal, especially you saw, again, Martez Manuel had a couple sacks. Ennis Rakestraw got home on a, on a blitz from the slot at one point in a crucial moment. Bolton definitely blitzed quite a few times as he has been recently. Honestly, though, I'm not sure... If Ryan was there, if if the game plan would have been any different there as far as blitzing goes, I think with the amount, especially Trajan Jeffcoat sat out the game, the amount of defensive linemen that Missouri was missing, you kind of had to generate some pressure a little bit. So I'm not sure anything really changed there. 
Got to give him some credit for the call late in the game. Like I said, a lot of a lot of man-to-man defense. Some of that is, I think, part of that is the design with the run defense. But once South Carolina had to basically pass that last drive, well, there was a switch up there. Missouri goes to his zone. They drop into coverage, and well, you know what? They got an interception. We're the turnover champs. That's your ball game. Devin Nicholson with the interception, and boy, it seems like he's really starting to come on as the season goes on here. Probably doesn't hurt to be playing against a guy like Nick Bolton, or right next to a guy like Nick Bolton, I should say. Impossible not to learn from him. And frankly, just be inspired by the amount of effort that kid gives. And you know what? Speaking of inspiring, walk-on punt return, Cade Musser actually ran one back for 11 yards, and I squealed in delight at that. I was just going wild. There was a second where I thought he might actually break a tackle and take it even farther. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, Cade Musser has the ability to run forward. Correct me if I'm wrong. Those, I believe those were... Those two punt returns for 17 yards were his first returns of the season. The rest of them have been fair catches. And, well, quite honestly, Cade, you've done a great job just securing the football. Obviously, that's been, that was a challenge in the LSU game. And anytime you're a punt returner, that's your first job. And he's doing it. So, well done. Now, one thing that really worked for Missouri offensively in this game was swing passes to Tyler Beatty. I think we saw, we may have picked something up watching Florida because it seemed like to me we were running some similar plays that the Gators ran against us, including that play what originally was called a a pick by Barrett Bannister, but correctly the officials picked up that flag because the pass was caught behind the line of scrimmage. Apparently there's a one-yard buffer there where you can essentially – pick a guy as long as the pass is behind the line of scrimmage. Well, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a huge fan of that particular rule, but who really cares what I think? The rule is what it is. And Eli Drinkwitz, frankly, designed a brilliant play to take, to take advantage of that rule. And Bannister, a smart play by him too. Obviously he understands the rule and the situation. He's been coached up well and he understands, listen, I don't have to run around here. I can just be a basketball player and set a moving screen. Basically, I'm setting a block here as a receiver. So a nice play by Eli, by the Tigers, good execution, gets a first down and takes advantage of what is, in my opinion, kind of an unfair rule for the defense. But finally, and I almost forgot once again, (laughs) let's get to project run play, a very truncated version You know what, quite honestly, when it comes to the gold helmets, this is probably my favorite version that we've done so far. Something about the gold pants, the white tops, with the gold helmet, and I I prefer the M version of the gold helmet too, as opposed to the big tiger logo that we've used before. But you know what, ultimately... I don't like the gold helmets, i got to be honest. I much, if we're going to go alternate, I much prefer the white look. There's just something about it that just doesn't look very Missouri. Now, you can say the same thing about the white helmets, too, for sure. But I don't know. It's just not my favorite. I'm not saying I hate it. Again, I like it better than 
what we wore against Ole Miss last year, for instance, or against Tennessee last year, for instance. It's a better combination than that, but ultimately I think let's just stick to the the black helmets and the occasional white helmets. That's my personal feeling anyway. And oh yeah, I meant to give some love to Grant McKinnis as well. He had a nice game, including late in the game, a, a punt down at the one-yard line. So just a huge play there that helped Missouri, an offense that frankly did absolutely nothing in the second half, scoring no points, helping us hold on and win the game anyway. So until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.